from Medical Media, this is The Author Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here to give you another episode of the Ortho Show podcast where we bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world, and today is absolutely no exception. I'm so excited. We have Dr. Hiro Sagaya, who is the president of the Tokyo Sports Orthopedic Clinic. He's an orthopedic surgeon that specializes in shoulder and elbow. He is literally one of the most influential shoulder specialists in the world. It is a great privilege to have you on, Hiro. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, fantastic. So I hope I'm not going to butcher my Japanese, but I'm going to say Kumbawa and Ohio because it is 9 p.m. in Tokyo and it is 7 a.m. here in Boston. So the timing is, is difficult. So what I thought we would talk about is, is really what we could start with, because I think the Japanese education is very different than what we have here in America as far as how you get to, to become an orthopedic surgeon. Can you describe uh, for the listeners you know, the, the process is college and medical school the same? And, and how do you, you work towards an orthopedic surgical career? Um, yeah, actually, the, uh, our system is also different in the past, you know, the, when compared to what, what I, I graduated doing over, you know, almost in the most of close three to 30 years. But in my time and the current system is different. So the, uh, let me explain the, uh, my, my time, our era, right? Please. Yes, uh, the, uh, we normally, uh, uh, we need to pass the entrance exam. That's very difficult to uh, allow. And uh, we have six years of medical education. But, but, but I know first two years of basically, the, you, know, you know, basic kind of things. And uh, we, we started the running the medical things and from the grade of third grade, third grade, and the four years. Yeah, after graduate, we we're gonna we need to pass the enter, uh, the uh, exam and kind of license medical license exam, and then we uh, we uh, we need to join the uh, department medical school department, like uh, orthopedic department, internist, and uh, you know uh, gynecology or other things. So the, I right after graduation, I joined the uh, orthopedic department in my university. That's Chiba University. And so, so you're at Chiba University. Now, in the States, with the residencies that we have, we take on like four or five, you know, resident doctors per mm-hmm. year. And it's always mm-hmm. the same number. And then they advance over five years. Is, is it similar in Japan or is it more of a pyramid style? And the, uh, I think it's similar. But, you know, the, this kind of the resident education is a role of the university. So we uh, enter the uh, orthopedic department in the Chiba University. You know, they in a department taught us a lot of things that we need to uh, distribute in, a, you know, kind of a relevant hospitals, uh, kind of teaching hospitals. And we learned the uh, early first, you know, basic orthopedic surgery and uh, how to see patient, how to pray kind of things. And I mostly uh, we learned the fracture things in uh, five, six years. And after six years, basic kind of residency. After that, then the return, we return to the university hospital and we start, you know, you know, kind of thesis, thesis uh, the, uh, you know, the work. So you start, so you start as faculty at that point, and now you're seeing patients on your own. Now, I also know that, that in the United States, we have a very good fellowship of, of programs. And I know many of the Japanese uh, residents and doctors are actually coming and doing 
uh, yeah. fellowships around the world now as well. So, and I know that you must have fellows as well at this point. So do most go to fellowship for specific subspecialties in orthopedics? Actually, we don't, we didn't have that kind of system. So they normally three to four years of the, you know, kind of thesis work. And we, uh, we need to publish papers, you know, kind of basic science. Then after that, we became free. Then, and I start, actually, in my case, I started the, uh, you know, starting working shoulder, shoulder and elbow after that, after and, teacher's work. And did you do some extra training in the shoulder and elbow? Did you travel around or did you just really yeah, put the, I, go ahead. Yeah, at the time, yes. And, uh, and during that time, my, my, uh, my, in my case, I, uh, I attended the uh, San Diego Shoulder Coast on the academy meeting because at the time in the U.S., United States was the most the most advanced country in the shoulder arthroscopy, so that's why I need to run. I I run from Steve Schneider, Buddy Sabor, the other other guys, and discussions and uh, through the videos they performed surgery, and actually, so that's why the, you know the normally Japanese doctors who are working in the, you know who are studying and doing a fellowship in the United States and uh, after thesis thesis work, like uh, maybe about maybe. Um, around the 10 years after graduation university. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's very common. You know, it's funny when I think of, when I think of Japanese orthopedics um, in particular, I think of attention to detail, remarkable, you know, research, advancement of techniques, you know, the classification that you have for rotator cuff, you know, repair, Hamada's, you know, classification for rotator cuff orthropathy and, uh, and, and Mahada's, you know, superior capsule reconstruction. There's been some very remarkable, you know, um, uh, things that you guys have, that the Japanese orthopedic surgeons have shared, you know, with the world. And so do you know, do you know Katoro Yamakado? Or you must know Katoro. Yeah, he's my friend. That yeah. Is friend. Yeah. So Katoro and I were, were studying arthroscopic Latterge and Raynham. I know you're a big fan and you've been to Raynham, you know, many times for, for my tech and Johnson and Johnson. And so we, we became friends as well. And then I was, um, I was at the, the arthros, the, the animating two years ago when he won the best award for his paper for single row versus double row. And in, in, in a, in an instant, you know, of doing this hard research he put to bed this topic that had been going on for a decade, right? You know, do you do a double row repair or do you do a single row repair? And you brought up Steve Snyder and, and Dr. Snyder gets up and asks, you know, a Katoro question at the, at, at Anna and Katoro smiles and, and, and gives his answer. And Dr. Snyder sits down with a big smile on his face. And it was really a remarkable moment that it was such an important paper to, to help us in. And that's what I think of for Japanese orthopedists. You, you really are very, you know, particular about details and, and providing research to the world. Actually, you know, Japanese shoulder, Japan Shoulder Society, actually, we, JSS, uh, established in the back in 1974. Wow. That's 10 years older than SES. So that's yes. why, they are in, uh, in terms of research, we have a lot of good, good studies in the past as well. But, you know, problem was English. You know, yes. all, all these papers, Japanese written papers. So that's why the uh, some, some, you know, small amount of doctors who are skilled in English, like A.G. Toy and other guys, Hiro Fukuda, this, only these guys published in the English paper at the, in the beginning. But, you know, a lot of young guys doing a lot of, you know, 
very good skills and also the concept in the mind. So that's why the, recently we started writing paper, newspapers. Yeah, no, Tom Borg is another mutual friend of ours, you know, from my tech. Uh, I was talking to Tom and he says, you know, that your fellows in particular, you, you make sure that they can speak and, and write in English because oh, yeah. I mean, English has, has become the international language of medicine. If you're going to collaborate on a worldwide platform, it seems that English has is the language. And so that's that's remarkable that you that that's part of your training to become a Japanese orthopedic surgeon, in, you know, under your to your watch. You know, English is is required. I think that's amazing. That's so, very important. No, very important. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I've, I've had the opportunity to travel a lot in my career, you're four years older than I am. We've been doing this for, you know, three decades or so. And um, I, I've always enjoyed travel and you've traveled all over the world, being able to you know, talk about your papers and your research. Uh-huh. And do you enjoy the travel? Is that, is that interesting to, to meet other people from other countries in their, in their place? Oh, yeah. Before COVID. Yes. Before the COVID. I yes. travel a lot. And yes. I met many, many, many friends and I have a lot of friends in the world of the world. Yes. And also communicating with these guys and also, you know, developed my you know, concept, you know, just I got a lot of good things in my mind because of them. And also the communicating you guys is, uh, to me, it's a kind of skill training of the English conversation, English communication. Yeah, no, and it seems to me every time I travel, I've always taken away as much as I've given. You know, it's uh, remarkable. The world has become a smaller place and it's allowed us to share ideas. And as you said, you know, the you know shoulder surgery when you first started training you had to come to the united states but now you know france is remarkable and and calvo in in spain and and then the chinese orthopedic surgeons have really caught up you know we first started training them in 2008 for shoulder and now it's remarkable the the research that had been coming out prior to covid from china as well so it's a it's a smaller world yeah really small so, so one of the courses that I think that uh, some of our some of our um, uh, previous uh, guests have been involved with is the Annecy Live course with Loren LaFosse. Mm-hmm. And so, I'd love to hear your experience for that because you know most of the time when you go to a course, it's a lecture, or perhaps you're teaching in a cadaver lab. Uh, but the Annecy Live is really a remarkable event where it's the leading you know shoulder specialist from around the world, and then he asks individual surgeons to perform a live surgery in front of the other master surgeons. So can you tell us your experience with that? I was first invited by an pass to the coast. It was back in 2007. After that, I've been, you know, kind of regular member every two years and I operated all the calf instabilities and that's very, very amazing coast. But a pro- the uh, biggest, the most interesting thing was uh, the, uh, in the coast, the FOSS always successful. You know, other guys, I was successful too. But other guys, most of guys, most most guys in the lead is struggling, <laughs> struggling with surgery because you know staff's different, the truth is different. So that's a real life surgery. So that's why it's very interesting. So we see the when we get you know stuck, how do we manage that? That's very very interesting. Yeah. And, and so do you get the, so obviously you're operating on patients in France. So everybody understands, yes. you know, this is live surgery and uh, yes. the master shoulder surgeons from around the world come uh, and Dr. LaFosse will, will sort of help find cases for you. I'm sure the MRI and the patient information is sent to you prior to the meeting so you can develop a plan. Yes. 
And then uh, you meet the patient. patient. He chose patient. He he chooses the patients for you. Uh, And then you meet the patient the day of the surgery, or maybe the day before, and you discuss the plan. And then you perform the the surgery Mm -hmm. in front of these other doctors. And and, uh, eventually, I think all of the surgeries do go well. But I think that you know, some doctors have the, have a patient that is perfect for their operation and it goes well, but others, it may be a little bit more difficult, especially for the complex surgeries. But mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a pretty remarkable concept. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the good news is if you do get into trouble, you've got a lot of great surgeons around to sort of help out, to give you some advice to, to make sure the case goes well. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. So one of the other passions I hear that you have and uh, you know, I'd like to I'd like to hear this. I have a rule of thumb when it comes to to golf and surgeons. So, you know, when it comes to picking your surgeon, you should always look at the handicap of your surgeon because if they're an exceptionally good golfer, then you should maybe find another surgeon because they're spending too much time on the golf course and not enough time in the operating room. But there, are, <laughs> <laughs> but there there are exceptions to that rule. And you know, as I was. Um, as I was uh, researching for our talk today, you know, you have many images. I saw a wonderful image of you with Dave Weinstein and Paul Favorito. This was a meeting, I think, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Paul Favorito and Sharif Bechet in particular are two of my dear friends. I know you know them. They're, they're, they're the, the, the exception to the rule. They're, ex- they're excellent golfers and they're excellent surgeons because they've spent, <laughs> you know, they've spent enough time doing both. But how is your golf game? I'm a crazy golfer. I was. I was. I used to be. I used to be yes. a great golfer. You know, when I was uh, before I started shoulder scalp, I was crazy at golf. But you know, after started shoulder scalp, you know, my interest shift to the scalp surgery shoulder. So that's why my golf game volume was reduced. And uh, yeah. you know, surgery work. Yes. You know, yes. yes. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, recently, uh, I. You know, in the past five, six years, I restarted playing golf. And now I'm crazy again, golf. Uh, golf, good. surgery, and, you know, running creek. <laughs> yes, that's it. You need to carve out time for yourself so that you can also be able to help others, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out. And uh, I, I know that Paul and, and Sharif will typically, typically listen. We're going to get a foursome next time you come to the States when we have a course together. I think we, Paul Favorito, myself. You mm-hmm. and Sharif Bashe for a foursome of golf. Would you like to do that? I'd love to. Oh, fantastic. And we'll have we'll have Tom Borg be our caddy too, so we can make sure okay, that he makes yes. sure that everything's okay. Is that good? That's caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom will love that for sure. So tell us, I mean, you're you're no, I feel badly because it's the, the, the times that we've been together, you know, we're on the surgeon advisory board for Johnson and Johnson as we're we're doing things together. I don't think we can really talk about the subject for it, but um, you're, you're at work at nine o'clock. Is that, is that common for you or is this an exception? What are your work hours? Work hours, we normally start working at nine, nine to maybe seven or something. Yes. Yeah. So that's reasonable. So you get to so exercise in the morning. When do you exercise? You must exercise. I know you're in great shape. Night at midnight. Midnight. At midnight. Midnight. After work, after work, after seeing patients, after operation, after surgery, after you know, uh, you know, responding to emails and uh, paperwork, and then I start working, working out from maybe about ten or ten p.m. Or, or something. Oh, that's fantastic! For me, it's yeah. the exact opposite. So, I'm up at four o'clock, four thirty, 
and I like to I do the Peloton, which is you know, the the bike system. I know that they're in Japan too, but I do my Peloton every morning for thirty minutes prior to surgery to clear my head to make the day ready uh, as I go forward. So I was up extra early for you today to make sure that I could be here on time. <laughs> Okay. So what's your schedule? Do you have anything coming up? When are you going to be traveling again? When can we expect to see you here in the States? I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a sale that there are some restrictions to travel restrictions by COVID. So right now, Japan's the, the case is very, very low. Very yes. low. And in the first time in the past in one and a half years, very low. Right now, very good. But, you know, outside my country is a little bit, you know, kind of like this. So, uh, my, our government is still, the, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, still concerned about travel and restrictions. About, yes, 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 yes. We yes. just lifted, I think it was just yesterday that President Biden lifted the travel restrictions into the United States at this point. So that's good news. So maybe we might be able to see you at the Academy in March, for example. I, I think uh, in Chicago, maybe cold. I hope that it's going to be okay. <laughs> the temperatures, but uh, I think maybe we could uh, potentially see you there. Now, you know, it's interesting. We, um, we had Christopher Leon, who's the, the team physician for U.S. Uh, uh, indoor volleyball. And mm-hmm. you guys just had the Olympics in Tokyo. And yeah. I know that uh, there was great concern about the spread of COVID, but it actually worked out well, even though in Japan, it's a fairly low vaccination rate. Is that correct? Uh, right, right now, during the Olympic, the Olympic game time, in less than half, 50%, but okay. now 70, 80%. So oh, good. that's good. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear that for sure. Yeah. Well, look, look, you know, this has been terrific here. I really so appreciate your time and being able to, to, to keep you away from the gym, but we're going to get you back to the gym right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's great to be able to share the stories of, you know, remarkable surgeons and you are clearly one of the most influential shoulder surgeons in the world. And we really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us today. Thank you very much. And tell your wife, I'm sorry, because I'm going to see you again, I think, next Wednesday night. I think we have another meeting for the Surgeon Advisory Board at 9 <laughs> o'clock at night again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, it's a pleasure. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time. <laughs>